Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... So the most frequent and I think surprising and unusual question that I'm asked sometimes, uh, it comes at the end of all of our planning when we're wrapping up and the new client will kind of lean across the table and they'll say, so how do we compare with everybody else? You're listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. You ever want to compare yourself to your neighbor, your coworker? or that, that bratty kid you went to high school with, of course you do. And it's probably not a good idea. It is helpful though, to get inside how other people have handled certain situations. It helps you develop brain fodder for thinking about how to handle things yourself. Now today on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, our host, Jay Barry Watts, is going to unpack the situation for a specific client he recently helped and show you the situation they were in before they did any planning, the steps that were taken to improve their situation, and how they will be able to achieve the 0% tax bracket when they retire. Hello, I'm Barry Watts, a retirement designer and tax strategist able to represent clients in tax matters before the Internal Revenue Service. I'm not sure if that's a credential I really want to brag about or not. But the fact is, if you've got a problem with the IRS, we can go to the IRS on your behalf and have a conversation with them. And that's because we're credentialed before the IRS to do that. Uh, so the topic today is the fact that I really think it's a bad idea to compare yourself to other people most of the time because they aren't you and you aren't them and everyone's life and situation is unique. But I do think it is helpful when we're given the opportunity to peer into someone else's life and see their situation and compare it to our own and perhaps learn from it so that we can make adjustments and improve the trajectory down which we are heading. That's exactly what we're going to do today on this edition of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Our show is brought to you by the Wealthcare Corporation, a personal wealth management organization specializing in tax reduction and tax-free retirement planning so that you can retire with confidence, age with dignity, and create generational legacy. If you want to learn more about the Wealthcare Corporation, look them up on the World Wide Web. Do they still say it that way? World Wide Web, WWW. Anyway, look them up online. By going to savingyoutaxes.com. That's savingyoutaxes.com. And there you'll find all kinds of resources, including the archives of every episode of The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Wasn't that professional and elegant, Patrice? <laughs> World Wide <laughs> Web. Yes, it was. I'm thinking that might have dated me. I'm not exactly sure. I was, you know, that was a, that's in radio business, that's what they call a live read. Do you think I could get them to pay me extra because that live read was relatively smooth? Boy, crickets. 
Well, no actually, response. Actually, it was elegant. It was smooth. You're taking money out of my pocket because I'm supposed to be doing that. Oh, I get it. Because you are the producer who punches buttons and does all exactly. those kinds of things to make that smooth. I'm sorry I tread over onto your space. Maybe you'll want to go to your union rep about that. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a laugh, too. What else are we talking about here, Barry? Well, let me tell you about a client that we were recently able to help because their situation may actually resemble yours. And even if your situation is starkly different because you have less money or a whole lot more money, it will give you insight into the process of how we develop tax strategies and design retirement plans so that people can retire with confidence, pay less in taxes, and either live larger on that money that they're no longer sending to Washington or leave a larger legacy to their family and the people and causes that they care about. Now, this particular client, as a husband and wife, they were 64 and 58. The husband is the oldest. And they both work outside the home in what we'll call mid-level professional jobs. Together, they make about $100,000 a year. And they came to me with a simple question. Can we retire within the next couple of years, say age 66 and 60? Now, I don't know the answer to that question right off, whether they can or whether they can't. So what we have to do is dig into the data, the data, or depending on what part of the country you come from, it might be the data. Anyway. Now, wait, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Captain <laughs> yes, uh -oh. Picard always said Mr. Data. Well, if I knew who Captain Picard was, I would engage. I think that's a Star Trek reference, yes, but I'm not is. sure. Okay. So I should say something Trekky in response to that. Beam me up, Scotty. That's that's pretty good. That was was that that was Trekkie, wasn't it? That was okay. I just, I just wanted to be sure. So, Captain Picard, thank you and welcome to the truth about taxes and retirement. I hope your plan's going well for you. So, we have to dig into the data or the data and determine what kind of information they have, and we sort of read the tea leaves of the future to figure out what their situation is today, what it looks like going forward in order to be able to determine whether they can retire today and stay retired all the way to age hundred. No. 100. 100. Yeah, yeah, 100. Come on, don't mess with me here. 100. Right. Uh, says the woman who actually has her mother in her 90s living with her. True. Very okay. true. Okay. So I think 100 may be kind of appropriate. So let's talk about this issue of longevity, that broader issue, because I've been doing this for 30 years. And when I first started 30 years ago, we would routinely plan someone's money to last until they were in their early to mid-70s. And if they had them enough money to get there, then they were usually good. But times, they are a-changing, and life expectancy has soared. We're keeping people alive longer and longer using advanced technology and medicines that didn't exist 30 years ago. Do you remember the people you first knew who had heart surgery, for example? The first person I knew who had heart surgery, and they used to call it for clogged arteries. That's mm -hmm. what it was called in those days. Mm -hmm. It was my grandpa. He was the first person I knew. It was about 1980, and he was in the hospital for over a week to have his clogged arteries fixed. Now, today, that same surgery is done without cutting you open, at least not from stem to stern. They simply insert a catheter through a blood vessel in your groin, run their tools on the end of that long scope on the catheter up to your heart, and essentially use a balloon to push the arterial plaque that is clogging the artery back to the sides of the artery. And then they put in a stent, which is kind of like a circular mesh net. They insert a stent to hold the artery open and presto, you're done. And you're back home in less than 24 hours with little to no recovery. Now that's amazing. 
My grandpa, who died in 1992, would be amazed at how times have changed. And it's because of technology and that kind of technology that has allowed us to extend lifespans by decades over the past 40 years. What used to kill you is now a minor inconvenience. So that's why, Patrice, we have to plan for you to have a, a much longer life than your parents or grandparents. And in our practice, we kind of routinely use 100 as the goal. Now, you may not live to 100. And if you don't, that's okay. We build the plan to be sure you have income if you do live to 100. There's nothing wrong with planning to the max and then leaving you a little cushion at the end. That's far better than planning to retire and live to age 85 when you'd then be out of money and then actually living into your 90s those last few years being broke. That's sad. That is a sad story. Happens every day of the week. And we see some of those people. Now, most of them don't make it into our practice because they filter themselves out. Although I did have one lady who came in one time, and the only thing she brought with her was her tax return. She didn't bring any other documents. I'm like, okay, where are the rest of your documents? She's like, I don't have any. I'm like, what do you mean you don't have any? You, 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 you sat through a class I happened to teach at the state university. You sat with me for six hours. You heard me talk about all these things. We sent you a list of everything you need to bring before you came in. You scheduled an hour of my time here and you don't have anything? She said, no, I brought you everything I have that was on that list, which was simply her tax return. She was in her mid-60s and had saved wow. nothing. So she's going to be totally dependent on social just her security. social security. Yeah. Wow. Either that or she's going to have to find a man and get married. So social she can security. Let's look at the social security. <laughs> says the single lady. <laughs> so the big picture here, Patrice, is we've got to acknowledge longevity and we have to prepare for longevity that exceeds what you may actually think you will achieve. So that way we make sure you don't run out of money before you run out of time. Now, you remember uh, Captain Picard and I were talking about data and data. Well, well, the question is, what data is necessary? What things do you need to look at? Well, you may remember earlier, we we're talking about reading the tea leaves, and we use data to help us do that. So we give people this list. And on that list, we tell them the variety of things they need to bring with them or supply to us so we can do this planning for them. And the first thing we need is their tax return, because if we don't get the taxes right, nothing else we do in managing the investments for their retirement is really going to matter. So we have to examine the tax return to determine how they have been paying their taxes and what the future income tax uh, impact is going to look like and whether we can make changes in how they're reporting their taxable income in order to reduce the taxes that they will pay. <clears throat> now, Sometimes we can, sometimes we can't, but many people, most people don't even know that they can make these adjustments. But the fact is, these adjustments exist for many people, many retirees. And if your advisor isn't walking through your tax return and talking with you about it, well, I, that's kind of malpractice. You should have an advisor that always consults you in light of your tax return. So that's just an important piece of information for you to kind of hang there in your brain. Now, after we look at the tax return, we want to see statements, statements that tell how much you're going to get from Social Security and from pensions. And periodically, the Social Security Administration mails this kind of stuff out to you. But if you don't have it, you can go to socialsecurity.gov and get an updated statement. You enter some data like what car did you have in 1973 and what was the color of the house you lived in in 1982 and a bunch of goofy internet things they ask you. And if you answer the questions correctly, like you can really remember what color the house was in 1982, 
But if you answer the questions correctly, then Social Security will provide you instantly a statement that says, okay, here's what you can expect from Social Security. And you can go to your human resources department, wherever you work, and they can provide a pension statement for you if you have a pension. Many people don't have a pension. All they have is 401k plans. And so in that case, you just bring your 401k plan, which is not a pension item, obviously. So we need to see those statements on Social Security and pensions. And then we need to see all of your statements, statements. I said we need to see all of your statements. Screenshots, no good? Not screenshots. No, I hate it when people do that. Don't bring me screenshots. Don't bring me those goofy reports that brokerage houses run that aggregate all your holdings together. Yabba-dabba-dabba-doo. No statements. Your monthly or quarterly statements from any IRA accounts, Roth IRA accounts, brokerage accounts, mutual fund accounts, investment accounts of any type, even bring your bank statements. Those are the things that we need to see because we need to tally up what's in there. Now, let me answer a question that might be in someone's mind. Well, why do you need my statements? Why can't I just give you the list? Oh, here's why. Because we need to know what of that money is in an IRA and what of that money is in a Roth IRA. What of that money is in a taxable account? What of that money is in a tax-free account, if it's in a tax-free account? And how much are in each of those accounts? We need to see how those particular accounts are titled, who those accounts are beneficiary to. We need to see what assets you're holding in that account and not just the generic name of the mutual fund, because you may not know that that mutual fund that you think is one fund actually has maybe six or eight different iterations, variations of that mutual fund. And we need to know which variation you have. And that means don't take a screenshot, bring your statements. <laughs> all right. That's all your assets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all your financial assets. Now, sure. now we ask questions about your real estate assets and, you know, people have real estate, but generally it's, I got three rent houses or I own a, a, a piece of commercial property here or there. Those are pretty simple to get to the bottom of. Sometimes in our practice here, we still see people who own farms, things of that nature. The only other thing that I need you to bring that we really have to have is we need to see statements on whatever kind of life insurance you have. So bring the last time they sent you a statement that shows your death benefit and how much premium you're paying on your life insurance. And if it's term insurance, it's going to cancel one of these days. We need to know, was it 20 year term and we're in year 19? So it's going to blow up next year. That's important information. And then we need to know about any debts you have. So if you've got a home mortgage, bring the statement off your home mortgage or your credit cards, things like that. So all of this is the data data. We should work Picard into this somehow and just refer to it as the Picard items. I kind of oh, like, like that. It. I like it. But you might be the only one who'd understand. I don't know. Oh, anyway. I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> I'm going to hear from a lot of people. Well, that's great. That means they're listening. <laughs> so we're going to take all the data data and we're going to use it to determine whether or not you can retire now and live in retirement all the way to age 100. Now, you need to be prepared to answer one more question. And I'm astonished at the people who show up and sit in my office and who can't answer this question. Here it is. How much income do you need net after taxes every month to provide for your lifestyle? How much income do you need net after taxes every month to provide for your lifestyle? This is like stepping off into quicksand. I'm, I'm amazed because people, couples will sit in my office and they just look at each other like a calf staring at a new gate. 
That was for my farm friends who understand that. When you put up a new gate, the animals come stand around and look at the new gate like, oh, wow, that's really something, man. And they just stand there and look at it. So it's a thing, a calf staring at a new gate. Okay. Okay. So they look at me like a that's calf a staring Picard at a new gate. That's a joke. That's uh, well, okay. You know, that's my version of Picard. We didn't, we couldn't get to Star Trek where I was from. We were too busy farming when I was a kid growing up. Look at up. that gates. Yeah. Well, at actually that. Star Trek came in on channel uh, 27, which was the uh, ABC network. And it wasn't as strong as NBC and CBS. So though I grew up with three TV stations, I could only get two of them at any given time down in the holler in Stone County, Missouri, on the Arkansas line where I grew up. I can just go on and on about that. You probably don't want me to. I do, but another episode. Let's go. Okay, we'll do it sometime later. So it's astonishing people can't answer this question. The simple fact is if you can't answer this question, I can't solve your problem because I don't know if you need $2,000 a month. Oh, no, no, no. It'll be more than that. Or I don't know if you need $20,000. Oh, we wouldn't need that much. Okay, you do know <laughs> within a range of how much. So let's narrow that range down and tell me what your number is. Now, in the case of the clients we're talking about in this case, they decided that they needed $7,500 per month. And on top of that, they want to replace their automobile about every five years. So we allocated $40,000 every five years to replace the cars they're driving. Five years? Yeah, well, she's got one, he's got one. So they're going to drive it five years. And so they'll drive a car 10 years. Okay. But every five years, then he gets one, then she gets one, then he gets one, then she gets one. That's kind of the roughly the way we do it. Now, if somebody says, oh, no, we trade cars every two years. That's the way we do it. Okay, we build that into the plan. And notice we started with $7,500 a month and then $40,000 every five years to replace a car. We're going to then put inflation on that. You don't need to worry about the inflation. We will take care of factoring the inflation in because those numbers are both going to grow throughout your retirement. But you don't have to try to figure, well, considering inflation, it would be no, 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 no. We do that. We do that. So now we know what they need and we know what they have. And in this particular case of my client, let's actually walk through what they have and talk about how it fits. First thing we want to do is we want to take a look at their guaranteed income. Now, what's guaranteed? Well, Social Security is guaranteed. So they have $29,000 gross before taxes for him and $21,000 gross before taxes for her. So together, that is what, $51,000? No, it's uh, $50,000, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, she has a small pension of about $290 a month. Mm -hmm. So when we tally it all up, they've got $53,468 gross before taxes and guaranteed income. That's before taxes. They happen to be in the 22% tax bracket. So they really have $41,705 after tax. And this is really important. See, people often will, will just spout off numbers, but dude, is that a before tax number or an after tax number? Because that makes a big difference. They've got $41,705 after tax every year coming in. Now, remember, their goal is $7,500 per month or $90,000 a year. Well, 41,000 of it, they already have. So, so they're already 46% of the way there. So we have to make up $48,000 a year in income from their investments to get them to that $90,000 a year or $7,500 per month number that they wanted to hit. Well, in this case, we have some reasonably good news. They have a total of about $1.6 in investments. And about $1 million of that is in 
tax container number two, you remember we had put the tax containers on the table in front of us. And on the left-hand side is number one, taxable. And in the center is number two, tax deferred. And in the right is number three, tax-free. They've got about a million dollars in tax container number two, where it's going to be subject to future taxes at higher rates controlled by the government. And they've got about $600,000 down in taxable number one container on the left-hand side where they pay taxes each year as it grows. So when they retire and start taking income from their IRAs, that income that is coming out of container number two is going to be taxed at 22%. But in 2026, that 22% tax bracket is set to increase to 25%. So they're going to have to pay more in taxes. Plus, they live in a state where their income is taxed at 5%. So the total state and federal tax is currently 27%, but in four years from now, it's going to 30%. So about a third of whatever their gross income is, is going to go away in taxes. Now, here's what you got to be aware of. When they start taking income out of their IRA, it's going to be counted as income against their social security, causing their social security to be taxed. And you'll remember that if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll remember that a couple who make more than $44,000 a year in taxable income will pay taxes on 85% of their social security. Now they've already got 50,000 in social security alone. So 85% of that or 42,500 is going to be taxable, taxable at the 30% tax bracket, that's $12,000 per year. They're going to pay in taxes on their social security alone. And that's before they've paid any taxes on their IRA accounts. But we're not done. There's the dreaded Irma tax that has oh, to be no. paid. Irma what did, again? Yes. Irma? What did Captain Picard say about Irma, Patrice? Not, that, not anything nice that I remember. I don't remember the name Irma on Star Trek. Well, Irma is the money that you have to pay in order to have Medicare. You think Medicare is free? No, it's not. So they start taking money out of its, their IRA, and it will drive them probably to level three of IRMA. And level three will cost them 100% more than level one, which is the cheapest rate where everybody pays. Their IRMA is going to add about an additional $8,000 a year to their taxes. Wow. So now we had 12,000 before on their social security plus their Irma. That's 21,000 a year in taxes. And we haven't paid the first dollar in taxes on their IRA withdrawal or on their pension. So what shall we do? I'm waiting. Well, well you remember, we've talked about those three containers on the table. <clears throat> the first container has taxable money in it. Money comes from working your W2 account, your 1099, your K1. If you have any money in the bank, it's in, in container number one. If you inherit anything, it goes into the container down on the left-hand side of the table, the taxable container. You sell your business for $2 million, good for you. After you pay the taxes, what's left goes into container number one, the taxable container, and it'll be taxed again. Now, you remember the second container on the table in the middle, the tax-deductible container. This is where the IRA 401k 43B 457 plan goes. And in the case of our client, over 90% of their money is in this particular container. So it's a good time, by the way, to ask, what percentage of your money is in that particular container? What percentage of your total financial assets is in container number two in the middle? I would guess for most people, it is a huge chunk. Yeah, for most people, it probably is 90%. Yeah. Most people have got that much money tied up in their IRA 401k plan and don't have much savings anywhere else. 
And then on the table, on the right-hand side is container number three, the tax-free container. That's where your Roth 401k, your Roth conversion, your Roth IRA, your health savings account, and your tax-free life insurance retirement plan called a LERP go. Everything in that container grows tax-free and distributes out tax-free. Now, because we know that taxes are going to increase in 2026 and are likely to double, I said double. How do you say that in Star Trek speak? Double. Two times, two times. Double, double. Taxes are going to double in the next 20 years. That's another podcast. We've got it. If you look in the archives, you can pull that down and learn about it. We want to have as much money as possible down in the third container on the right-hand side. So this requires us to do two things for this couple. The first thing is we did a strategic Roth integration called an SRI. In the case of this couple, we looked at their tax return and we saw that they were in the 22% tax bracket. Now that bracket goes all the way up to $178,000 in income. But last year, their taxable income was only $117,000. So let's do a little quick math. $178,000 minus $117,000. They've got $61,000 in additional income they could take, and they'd still pay the tax at the same rate before they hit the top of the tax bracket. We call that headroom. So they had $61,000 worth of headroom. And we know that taxes are only going to go up there in the 22% bracket. So we might as well take advantage of that entire bracket and fill up the headroom. So we integrate a Roth IRA into their planning and we take their 401k and IRA money and we move 61,000 of it into container number three, tax free. Now, when we do that, we're going to have to pay taxes on the $61,000. How do you say ouch in Star Trek speak? Ouch. Yeah, okay. That hurts. But just think about it a minute. You're probably programmed incorrectly on this. Would you rather pay taxes at the 22% bracket today or at the 25% bracket in four years or the 30% bracket in eight years or the 50% bracket in 15 years? The only right answer is pay the dead gum taxes today. So we move 61000 from the IRA to the tax-free Roth inside of container number three. And now that $61,000 will no longer have any effect on their social security or on their IRMA tax. This is really important. We have vaccinated that $61,000. So it can't be infected with any more taxes and it won't infect any additional taxes on any of the other income that we receive. How are you feeling about it so far? Kapla. What's that mean? It's Klingon. Oh, sorry. I forgot. We were yeah. star tracking for a minute. I don't know about well, Kapla. You, you kept bringing it up. So I thought, well, I'll just dig back into the archives of my mind. And- Did you have to Google that? No, no, I didn't okay. have time. I'm not sure what that says about you, but we'll get into that on another day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, just quickly, quickly. Yeah, this okay. Is something that I think you got to point out to people too, the old axiom that when you're retired, you're not going to pay higher taxes. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's I mean, think about, about that. that. You've talked about that in previous yeah. podcasts, and they're very. So in order to pay less tax in retirement, you have to have less income. Is that your mission to retire and live on less income? No, no, I want the same income that I've been living on all these years. Okay, then we're going to have to build our plans to have that kind of Mm -hmm. income. Now, secondly, when you retire, you're going to have some tax deductions go away. For example, most people's greatest tax deduction is the interest that they pay on their home mortgage. But by the time you retire, your home mortgage is paid off, so you no longer get the interest deduction. Most people get some credit for having the kids at home when they're growing up. But when you retire, hopefully the kids, well, they're off your tax return. They may not have left home, 
But so you no longer have the tax deduction related to the kids. Interestingly enough, when people retire, sometimes they shift from giving money to charities, which is tax deductible, to giving time to charities, which is not tax deductible. And so they lose their charitable deduction. So the things that were causing their taxes to be less, oh, we forgot about the 401k. They've been putting money into their 401k all these years and getting that deducted. And now that deduction is going to go away because they're not putting money in their 401k anymore. So the things that were giving you tax breaks are going to go away. There is every reason to believe that you will be in a higher tax bracket in retirement, if not just because of the loss of deductions, but because the tax brackets are already set in law to go up. So you're going to pay a greater tax. So don't buy into that myth. Oh, everything will be cheaper when you retire. How's that working for somebody who retired two years ago? Oh, that's and they've had well. two, yeah, two years of 9% inflation. It already cost them 18% more to live. Don't you want income to help deal with that 18%? Or are you going to be happily living on less? Uh, not me. No happy. So you don't want to be the guy who is standing behind the counter wearing a blue hat saying, you want fries with that. You don't want to be, have you ever noticed at Walmart back when they used to have greeters at the door? They don't do this anymore. They don't. Well, I know you don't shop at Walmart. Oh, on the contrary. I know when you go to Harrods, when you make your shopping (laughs) pilgrimage to Harrods, uh, there's a little guy at every Walmart in America standing at the door or used to be, who's like 75 years old and he's got little stickers. And if you bring something into return, he puts the sticker on what you're returning. So somehow that we know that you didn't steal it. And then your children who are in the little cart, he puts the stickers on the kids. And my children love to go to Walmart when they were babies because the old man at the door gave them stickers. And he was wearing a little blue vest with a big smiley face on the back. did have that blue Mm -hmm. vest. You're right. And if you think about it, that was really great marketing. Train the young'uns early to want to go to Walmart so the little man will give them stickers. So that Walmart knows that you didn't steal them. Yeah, perhaps. I didn't even know they were on the show. (laughs) Maybe they're afraid you'll return them. (laughs) <laughs> so where were we we were remember we'd filled up that 22 percent tax bracket do you remember that patrice mm-hmm. so we took sixty one thousand dollars in a strategic roth integration we filled up that 22 percent tax bracket now here's something to consider the next tax bracket above 22 percent is 24 percent let me do the math on that and see how much more that is wait a minute mm-hmm. 24 minus 22 divided two. by six plus three wait, wait that's two percent more okay only more. So if they were willing, and in this case they were, willing to jump the tax bracket, and I recommend that you do that between 22 and 24, they could take total income up to $340,000. So from their current income of $117,000, they could take an additional $223,000 in income, and they'd still only be in the 24% tax bracket. So in their case, we rounded it down to $200,000, and they're going to strategically integrate $200,000 into their Roth over into the tax-free container number three on the right-hand side, and we're going to do that for five years. Now, think about it. If we do $200,000 a year for five years, how much have we moved? A million dollars. Do you remember how much money they had in tax container number two, the tax-deferred container, when we started this conversation? They had $1 million. So over five years, we've moved all of that million dollars from the container where it was going to be taxed at higher rates controlled by the government 
And instead, we've moved it to the tax-free container where they'll never pay taxes again. We have vaccinated that million dollars so it will never be infected with taxes. And it will never, in fact, infect any of the other income like Social Security or IRMA again. Are you seeing how this works? I'm liking it. Pretty good, huh? I am liking it. Now, bear in mind, as we're doing this strategic Roth integration, we have to pay taxes on that $200,000 amount as we convert it. The tax is going to be about $47,000 a year. How are we going to pay that tax? Well, do you remember this client had about $600,000 down on the left-hand side in taxable container number one? We're going to use $47,000 of that money every year to pay the taxes. As we integrate $200,000 into the Roth, See, you could pay the tax from that $200,000 if you wanted to, but then we've got less money going into the Roth account. We've got less money in the tax-free container, and we, we still have all this money down in container number one, taxable. No, 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 no. Let's move all $200,000 to the tax-free container number three on the right, and let's pay the taxes out of taxable container number one on the left as we do the Roth integration. So that's going to be first step number one for these people. And then we're going to do a very strategic LERP integration because this is the one other thing besides the Roth that you can put into the tax-free container. LERP stands for Life Insurance Retirement Plan. It's a tax-free account, grows tax-free, distributes tax-free income when you retire. People haven't heard of them because they're a little bit complicated and they involve life insurance and nobody wants to talk about that. And the reason nobody wants to talk about it is every conversation they ever had around that was a high pressure conversation. And it was really a conversation about death insurance. Here's what you get when you die. Well, I don't really care. I mean, I care for my family, but I don't personally care. So death insurance is not fun to talk about. We really have a life insurance providing for living. And it provides in, for living in two ways, two ways beyond the death insurance component. First, it provides tax-free retirement income. In a way, it's like a big Roth account with no limits on how much you can contribute, no age limits. You're not required to start taking the money out at age 72. There's no 59 and a half involved in this. There's no, no $6,000 limit on that's the most money you can put into the IRA. You can put in a million dollars a year if you want to. So it provides living income while you're in retirement. And if you happen to get sick, it provides tax-free benefits to pay for long-term care or chronic illness care in your home. Long-term care in a facility or chronic illness care in your home. And frankly, that latter reason is why most people uh -huh. choose this option is they're trying to cover the risk of the chronic illness. Now, if you remember, we have $600,000 down on the left-hand side in taxable container, number one. We're going to use 47000 a year of that for five years to pay the taxes on the Roth integration. And we're going to take the rest of that container, about $400,000, and we're slowly moving it into the LERP plan, moving it from the taxable place to the tax-free place. And once that money gets moved over into the LERP plan, it will forever be vaccinated from all taxes, and it can never infect any of their other money with any additional taxes. So where are we? We well, have an empty container. We have two empty containers. We started with 600000 in container number one taxable. We paid taxes out of it. We transferred the rest of it into container number three, where it's tax-free 
using the LERP plan. There's nothing left in container number one. So it can no longer cause us any tax pain. And when we started out, we had about a million dollars in container number two, tax deferred. And we moved that 200,000 per year for five years, a million dollars total to container number three, tax-free Roth. So now there's nothing left in container number two. It can no longer cause us to pay any taxes. All of the money is now in container number three, tax-free, and none of this money will ever cause taxes again. So now let's go look at their tax return. Imagine it. I know you can't imagine a tax return. You don't see them every day, but let me just tell you what this tax return says. In five years after their integrations are completed, our client will still have 50,000 a year in social security income and 3,000 a year in pension income, $53,000 in total income that shows on their tax return. They'll have a whole lot more money from bucket number three but none of that money shows on their tax return. So the only thing that shows on their tax return is that $53,000. But only half of that will get calculated to determine if Social Security is taxable. And it's really only half of the Social Security number that will get counted. So if we had $50,000 in Social Security, that's $25,000 that would go into that calculation. But you've got to have $40,000, I'm sorry, $44,000 before it would their social security would be taxable and all they've got is 25,000 plus her pension of about 3,000 so you can see we're a long way short of the 44,000 number so now they're paying zero tax on social security now the $3,000 in pension income that could be taxable but the standard deduction for how much you can earn and not pay any tax is $18,500 so on their tax return, their taxable income is a negative $15,500. They have successfully achieved the 0% tax bracket, and they still have $90,000 a year in income. Wow, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> and the client enjoyed it too. So that's the story of how you get someone to the 0% tax bracket. Now, can we get you to the 0% tax bracket? I don't know. Maybe if you don't have a large pension, probably, but there's only one way to find out. Gather the data data, Captain Picard and read the tea leaves. And if you'd like for me to do that for you, just reach out to our firm, the Wealthcare Corporation, by going to www.savingyoutaxes.com, savingyoutaxes.com. And there you'll find a phone number to call. You tell our receptionist that you'd like a phone appointment with Barry to talk about the 0% tax bracket, and they'll schedule a time for us, you and me, to talk personally about your situation and see whether or not we can help you. That's www.savingyoutaxes.com. Until next time on The Truth About Taxes and Retirement, I'm Barry Watts from the Wealthcare Corporation, reminding you that when it comes to investing and retirement, if you don't get the taxes right, nothing else matters. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement Podcast. 
Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing. This podcast is a production of the Wealth Care Corporation, found on the web at savingyoutaxes.com. The concepts discussed are for informational and educational purposes only and should not be implemented without first consulting with your own legal tax and investment counsel. This has not been an offer to buy, sell, or invest in securities, and this information is to be taken as educational concepts, not as advice for you specifically. The lawyers also like us to remind you that all the investments involve risk. You could lose money. Past performance is never a guarantee of future results. Tax strategy services are provided by American Tax Strategies, LLC. Investment advisory services are provided by Wealthcare Asset Management, LLC.